welcome to Civil Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various aspects of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, And I am Rick Cromlick. You are Rick Cromlick. Thank you for saying your name. Yes, that's Man, right. Early in the morning. It's an early episode that we're recording. Yeah. And we are continuing Philippians, and we get into some fun topics, Rick. Yeah, so we, uh, we're going to jump into Philippians 4, 2 through 9, and we're going to talk about some disunity. We're going to talk about some rejoicing the Lord. We're going to talk about some holiness. So it's going to be good. We're also going to talk about Rob's nature tattoo Hey-o. on his arm. Tricep. Can't wait to describe that. On his tricep. It's been It'll looking be for a platform to describe it. Tune in. pretty well a little irritated with our equipment but doing well yeah yeah sponsored by some more equipment yeah zoom what's going on and i don't mean zoom like the software company that we're doing this podcast over i mean zoom the audio company that creates recorders you gotta figure their stuff out yeah they definitely do this new product is not as handy as what i was anticipating Um, how you feeling this monday morning you got some coffee got some coffee i got a little bit of a runny nose i'm sorry Um, yeah so i got some tissues in the office which you'll be happy to hear there you go and yeah like i I feel i feel pretty good yesterday was a encouraging day had a church was great we had a members meeting afterwards it was very encouraging and um all in all feel feel really good and dude i was walking in this morning um, to the church office and i uh was just thinking to myself this is like the perfect temperature in the morning where it's it's not cold at all but it's also not too hot and it's breezy mm. and like there's like a yes. very very fine like slight mist so it just it feels so nice walking and it made me sad that i had to walk inside i'm sorry buddy yeah one day we'll get you out duty, to that seattle you duty can, calls you know be uh and it, it kind of reminds me of the beach yeah yeah so i think that's anyway. why yeah i think that's why i like it so much because i feel like whenever we do it like a beach vacation it's always blazing hot there, so the mornings feel much nicer. And then you walk out by the water, you feel a little bit of a mist because the the ocean. And felt like I was on the ocean the here in a parking lot yeah. in Ohio. <laughs> felt nice. That's a rare gift, my friend. That is a rare gift. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing? Um, hey, well, I'm doing well. Well, um, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you got some new ink, some new ink on the arm. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Lord willing more coming go ahead and show the listener <laughs> <laughs> listeners you see see you guys right got here? that yeah <laughs> if i were to describe it i've seen it i've seen it once in person in a picture of it um should i describe it or should you describe it I, i'm gonna let you describe it i feel like okay, that'll be more okay. entertaining so, <laughs> my knowledge of the human anatomy is gonna um it's the back side of the arm i'm trying to think of what muscles tricep under, tricep yep it's on the tricep uh, it's facing um, up and down, so it's not a side-to-side one north as much south. as a north-south on the try. Um, and it it kind of has, um, it's like a diamond, um, kind of like a compass diamond, if you will, with um, mountain ranges, some um, 
floral life, I think. Maybe some trees. There's some trees. There. Yep. 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 yep, yep. There's a, a couple of deer and some. No, birds. there's no deer. No um, birds. A deer hunter in there. <laughs> David Bowie. Poacher as well. <laughs> David Bowie. Um, but it then it has like it's all like set like in the that's the background, and then there's like a lake. If I remember right. A river. Right. A river. Okay. A river. Sorry. A, a body of water, if you will. A living body of water with a reflection. So. So that's a very rough, and I mean rough, description of it. Um, Rob, give us the, the symbolism there. What are you going after? Um, so just <laughs> appreciate you giving me space. <laughs> to, the, I've been just dying to share value. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't heard this, actually. I don't know. Well, it's, so. it's like <clears throat> new, new creation type stuff. Okay. Yeah. Got you. With I like it. Rivers of flowing water and see mountain be some like mount zion imagery <laughs> okay. I, okay i try not to get too <laughs> symbolic in it i, I told the guy like I, I want something nature-esque um like mountains and i want <laughs> to it. be geometric like the, the diamond type thing where it's all kind of yeah. in a diamond and um yeah so the overall thing was like new creation but I, I never said that to the guy and yeah i also um never told him like you have to have these elements in there. I just sent him some ideas that I liked and gotcha. he drew something up and said, what do you think? And I said, I'll tell you what I think. I like it. Put it on my try. Isn't it like, it's great when you come across people who like, you can just send them ideas. Oh yeah. Like it's not out of thin air, but it's pretty much out of thin air. They pull out like this beautiful thing and you're like, yes. I don't know how you got that from what I sent you, but yes. Yeah, he did exactly. a great job. Did a great job. Um, what you didn't, what you didn't share about that or what I should say, what, what you didn't get tattooed on your arm as of now anyway, was a parking lot in Ohio in the middle of summer with <laughs> yes. mist and cool breeze. Yeah, that, that'll be my next one. Is that, is that a, okay. Yeah, okay, scratch good. what I sent the, the guy. <laughs> I'm going to give him a new concept. There you go. I like it. I like, well, good good on you, mate. Way to Good on you. Yeah. Thank you. Dude, speaking yes. of good on you, heard from Pete. Yeah, I know. He, he, was, he was a bit behind on, on Marco Polo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He apologized and by for bit, that. You mean uh, what, like a year? Yeah, he, he's like, hey, I got both of your birthday wishes from last year and this year. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Pete, I stink and love you. <laughs> That's why we love Pete because he doesn't care. Dude, <laughs> like, I'm telling you, he cares. I, I want to see him like, again so bad. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. It's it's mortgage or house listeners taking um, <laughs> mortgages and head to Australia. Yeah, exactly. If we could just like uh, multiply our giving by a hundred times. Yeah. then we too could hop on a plane to Australia. It's like so, the yeah. guys who like, uh, they, they start these like ministries. Somehow they always end up in Australia, like every, like two times a year or something. And like, they don't go That's anywhere else. That's what I else. aspire to. It's, I'm just going to put all cards like, on okay, the table. How do I build a like, ministry that just gets me to Australia? <laughs> That's what I aspire to. Okay. So. All right. Let's dig. We are back in Philippians and yes. we are, Two episodes, if you include this one, two episodes away from finishing this mug. Yeah, which, so by the way, that's listeners, exciting. sorry for last week. Um, yeah, we do life need to got crazy. For that. Life so. did get crazy. We were, there was a lot Craziness. of stuff going on um, with work, with the church. I got pretty swamped pretty quick. And Rick, I imagine it was decently busy for you. So, <laughs> nope, I wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was, it was a busy thing. Busy, busy. That's yeah. life sometimes, you know. Listeners, we appreciate your so, patience with us. Yeah. Okay. So, we are in Philippians chapter four, verses two through nine. Correct. Yes. I want to make sure I get that correct. right. 
Cool. You want to read that or do you want me to? Yeah, I can read that for sure. I'm going to read that in the CSB. Excellent. Um, walk through it in the ESV. <laughs> or the CSB. Right, I mean, you have it. You have it there too. Um, yeah, beginning in verse 2. I urge, again, all writing to the church in Philippi, I urge Yodia and I urge to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if, if there is any more excellent and if there is anything praiseworthy, Dwell on, do what you have learned and heard from me, and see in me, and the God of two, Philippians four. Very good, very good. Okay, so Rick, you guys just finished this. Yes. What what is yeah. what's happening in this passage? So Paul is addressing some division in the church, and this is a theme that he's been kind of building to through the rest, all the, the verses and chapters leading up to this. There's division between these two ladies. Classic. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I had to say that. Just kidding, ladies. <laughs> um, the, the views expressed by Rob don't reflect. Um, That's the sound so, ladies unsubscribing. Yodia and um, Syntyche, I think is how you pronounce that. That's how I would have said it. Um, and these are, these are not like trivial ladies. These are women who have partnered with Paul in the gospel. Um, they're very serious about their faith. They are... Um, not they don't have offices or titles in the church, but they are leaders of the church in that they hold great influence. They've been very faithful. So the fact that there has been a riff, and this riff has continued um, to the point where when Epaphroditus brought the gift that we're going to talk later in the passage to Paul, like Paul feels the need to then write this letter addressing this problem issue. So he's writing to this to the church saying, "Hey, listen, ladies." Love you. I appreciate you. you. You need to agree in the Lord. You need to contend for unity. And again, these I doubt they were arguing over, you know, whose like responsibilities is like, hey, it's my turn to serve the coffee or it's my turn to whatever. Or, I don't want the drapes that color or, or, you know, we need to do this with this outreach thing and the VBS colors need to be, you know, these weren't like trivial, petty things that they yeah. were disagreeing. We don't know what they're disagreeing about. But believing these women to be godly, mature women, it had to be pretty serious. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, so then he just, he, this, hey, contend for unity. He talks about you guys need to rejoice in the Lord, and then you need to pursue holiness. Yeah, and he even entreats. The three themes, <clears throat> I think. Say those again. Unity, joy, and holiness. Okay, nice. Yeah, he even entreats a third person there in verse 3. Yes, I ask you also true companion, or some translations will say um, true yoke fellow, which is just such a cooler way of saying it. But he says, I, I ask you also... Are we, yoke, are we yoke fellows? For, we're yoke fellows for sure, yeah. Okay. Um, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side. So it's, it's clear that sometimes like reconciliation just requires another party there. 
It just requires other people. And we see that in Matthew 18, where if your brother has sinned against you, tell him. And if he doesn't repent, then go grab somebody else so that mm-hmm. the charge may be established. So sometimes it takes a, another person to um, bring about true reconciliation. Ideally, if in that Matthew 18 model, if somebody does go grab somebody else to establish the charge, that would be sufficient to then make the person aware, okay, I have sinned, I'm going to repent, and then it doesn't need to go any further. And so Paul's saying, hey, go, true companion, go and, and help them work out their differences. Yeah. But it's funny that he also says to, he says to help these women who have labored side by side with me, mm-hmm. because we see in at the beginning of this book, in chapter 1, verse 27, him talking about those who have labored side by side. He says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So he opens the book with this idea of, let me be encouraged when I hear of you that you are striving side by side, that you are unified. And then here in the last chapter, he's, he's closing saying, hey, Yodia and Syntyche, you're not of one mind. Yeah. You are not striving side by yeah. side. You, third party, true companion, help them get on the same page. Help them get to where they need to be relationally so that they are striving side by side as brothers and sisters in Christ should do. And we, we to add a lot, you, you referenced the passage earlier in the text, and uh, you know, Paul's like, we see him building, as I said earlier, building up to this. And, um, you know, we don't know, again, we don't know what the ladies were disagreeing about, but it's a testament that for us as believers in a local church connected that we need to work out or differences. We can't just say, uh, yeah, I disagree. I'm just going to go to a different church. Now, there might be something that could cause you to do that, um, but that's after much prayer and laboring. You don't just say, yeah, we're good. I'm just going to go my own way. And he's like, no, you need to work this out for, for the unity of the church. Yeah. He makes this in, in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, he kind of makes this plea, if then, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. So he just like lays it on thick there in a sense of like, if there's, if there's any of these things, which is, all those things are in abundance, yeah. make my joy complete by, by agreeing. And, and Paul would have had a, a very sweet relationship with these ladies, um, you know, and vice versa. So he's really pleading from the heart. Like sisters agree, and um, and that's a hard thing to do to contend for unity. To to they like we're gonna because there's some things you know we we're gonna disagree on, yeah. right? And some of those things are okay to disagree on, but some things like you have to be unified in. Hard thing to lay down your pride or even what you think is the right way to do, as long as it's not a um, uh, anti outside of orthodoxy, hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's a good point. Um, it's also worth noting that Paul just did not didn't do ministry alone so yeah. he's reaching out yeah. to these the whole book to the philippians like is is there because the philippians have partnered with him but then he's laying out some whom he worked with and yodia and syntyche um the the esv study bible points out that they they probably were ministering mainly among women because you can see acts 18 you can see romans 16 first timothy 2 like you see these various different aspects where there are women that that paul references who have worked alongside him. 
Yeah. And and that's not an argument for egalitarianism. We've already had episodes on that. Um, but as complementarians, we still say that women are indispensable to Hello. the ministry. Yeah. We need them. And so we see yeah. Paul who had who had partnered with Yodia and Syntyche um in the work of of ministry. Well, and you had mentioned this earlier, but just the the gift of like church like discipline. You referenced Matthew seventeen, but really the gift of church membership. When I say Matthew seventeen, yeah, Matthew eighteen, <laughs> uh, church membership. But like you're committed to other brothers and sisters, and you've clearly said, "Wait, man, I, I give you the space to like ask me hard questions to kind of push into my life." And this is um, a, a a line. Two lines, really, from uh, Church Covenant. Um, this might sound familiar to you, Rob. And it's the first two lines, I think, of your guys'. Uh, and it says, we will work and pray for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Yep. We will walk together in brotherly love as members of a Christian church, exercise an affectionate care and watchfulness over each other, and faithfully admonish and entreat one another as occasion may require. And just like right there in the covenant saying, like, we will work and pray for unity the bond of peace. Like we're going to strive for these things. And we're going to also in that next thing we're going to do is we're going to contend. We're going to encourage, we're going to watch over one another, affectionately care for and be in each other's lives. Here we see just a beautiful picture of Paul just writing saying, because you're committed to one another, like talking about this other true fellow, the, the yoke fellow coming, like all this working together, that's a gift that you have in membership that belonging to a church is you, you have the means to then contend for unity, to, to, to be unified. It's uh, yeah. not easy. That's good. A, a huge blessing. Yeah, so true. So we see in verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Uh, I, ha- I have this highlighted because it's amazing that he has to say again, I will say rejoice. Like, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. Okay, you, you may not have read that carefully. Again, I say rejoice. Did you not hear me? Yeah. yeah. Um, which is funny because typically the style of communication will determine how much you repeat yourself. And so if it's written communication, you don't have to repeat yourself as often because people can just mm-hmm. go right back. Their eyes can scan right back to um, what you said. But if you're speaking orally, then what you'd end up doing is you repeat yourself multiple times because people yeah. can't just scan back. Now, although Paul wrote this, he understood that mm-hmm. it was going to be read aloud. And so he repeats himself and he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So you can imagine the person reading Paul's letter to the Philippian church. Yes. Again, I will say rejoice. Okay, man, Paul, Paul really means it, guys. Let's, let's make sure that we are a people who rejoice in the Lord's work. Yeah. Well, we see that in, in chapter two where he's, you know, he's talking about suffering, um, in verse 17, it says, But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. And then verse 1 of, of chapter 3, In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. So he's just like kind of hammering this home this idea like to rejoice. And w- one thing is, is to contend for unity, rejoicing combats division mm. right because you're you're collectively together saying look what god has done look what he's been doing look at his work look at who he is you're rejoicing in those things and so it's hard to really do that if you're also holding division uh, or being divisive 
That's a, yeah, that's an excellent word. It, it also is just worth noting that when Paul says rejoice, he's not talking about like being happy go lucky and right. never, never nothing have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> never even because there there are some Christian circles where to say that you're struggling or mm. to say that you're downcast would a, yeah. come across as oh man, like they're they're wavering in the faith. When in, in reality, that's that's not the case. You just have to read the Psalms to see to see that. But it's a it's a rejoicing that is that is rooted in contentment in the Lord. So even when yeah. you're going through trials, even when you feel downcast, you can rejoice because you have a a firm confidence that the Lord will see you through. So yeah, when, when, when Paul says rejoice, don't think that it's always be smiling. Right. Be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a command. That's the hard the hard part about it. He's commanding the church to rejoice. Um, and so that kind of just flies in the face of like, well, I feel like rejoicing or I don't feel like rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, no one takes the logic of, you know, as far as applying um, faithfulness to your spouse, your marriage. No one says, well, I, I didn't feel like being faithful anymore. So I didn't think I had to. It's like, no, you, you took these vows and scripture commands you to be faithful. Like you, you have to be faithful whether you feel like it or not. Yeah. And to rejoice as odd as it may, may feel and think you think about it at first, like it is a command to rejoice. And so despite your feelings, you are to declare the Lord's goodness and declare what he's done and take and praise him for those things. And you will find as you do that, not that all your problems go away or like, you know, you you go from just glum to just happy all the time, but your soul just grows in its affections for the Lord, its desires for the things of the Lord. So Paul, you know, he's in prison, the church is worried, the church is concerned, all these things he's like, Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Good word. Now, verse five, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, or as the CSB puts it, let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. As I was reading that, it Mm -hmm. struck me. If others were to view the way that I talk about those that I disagree with, because Paul's here bringing up Yodia and Syntyche, who are having a disagreement, and Paul's telling the church, let your reasonableness or let your um, graciousness, or there's a footnote here um, in the ESV, says reasonableness or gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. When we disagree with people, is our is it apparent that we're reasonable, that we're gentle, that we're yeah. gracious? Are we? Um, so, for instance, uh, there are various ministries um, throughout now, and, and a lot of them have loud voices, and some of them I agree with. Um, but I hate the way they say yeah. what they're saying because yeah. it doesn't come across as reasonable. It doesn't come across as gentle or gracious. And mm-hmm. many of them, I'm sure, would respond, well, this is a very serious matter. Um, yeah. We're kind of past the the pleasantries. And I, I sympathize with that. But I think there are certain organizations and certain people that are just known for being unreasonable or ungracious yeah. or the opposite of gentle in the way they talk about certain things. And that should not be, that should not be the mark of a Christian, especially considering one of the fruits of the spirit is gentleness. Yeah. Well, and as I was reading about this, this, that verse five and this idea of gentleness and how like, man, we're just not, there's so much like, this is a mixed bag and I'm still like a part of this mess, but we, we don't like the idea of people like walking all over us. Like we want to stand up for ourselves. We want to, you know, be, stuff and all that stuff. Um, but but one commentator said, you know, Paul's writing this in light of the church, knowing that 
it's okay to face hardship. Like you don't need to worry about like, hey, I gotta prove myself and I gotta defend myself and I've gotta you know, obviously if someone's attacking your family, you're gonna defend them. But as far as like I've gotta, you know, be well respected and, and all that stuff and don't let people walk all over me. You say, Hey, listen, Lord, the Lord is near, you know. Um, you, you just don't need to worry about that stuff because you know, he's he's near. He's close. Meaning his judgment is close. Meaning his, his, the time of him giving judging those who deserve wrath and um, bringing uh, relief and, and care to those who need that and who who he's going to give that to. So there's a sense of you just you just focus on being faithful to the Lord. Don't worry about you know defending yourself or all these things. Be be gentle. Be gracious. Be kind. Um, I mean that's kind of an interesting perspective on that. But anyway, it's yeah. good. Verse six, do not be anxious about anything. Yeah, that's but in, a big deal. Yeah, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. One of the things that jumped out at me was that Paul is saying, like, bring your requests to God. Bring them. Bring them yeah. with thanksgiving. Like, yes. recognize what God has done. And it's amazing that as we recognize what God has done, and we then bring our requests to him, how that can ease some of the anxiety that we may be feeling. It's a, it's a yeah. reminder of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, where he talks about not being anxious for, if, if you're anxious, can that add a single hour to your life? He points yeah. out the birds and the flowers of the field. And Paul says, look, don't be anxious about anything. Bring all your requests to God. Bring them with thanksgiving, recognizing what he has done for you. And there's, this isn't a, not a rule or hard and fast rule, but chances are if you're not, if you're not gracious, if you're not, or sorry, if you're not rejoicing in the Lord, then that's because you have a, a, you have a diminished or a, a um, seared idea of who God is, right? You have like an ethereal God's God, but you're not you're not believing that practically, and so that's really going to affect the way that you pray, the way that you bring requests with Thanksgiving. So if you're rejoicing a lot, then you're much more apt to bring your needs to the Lord because you understand who He is and what He's doing more personally, and you're much more likely to do that with Thanksgiving, um, and the promise that he says is the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's what verse seven says. We like to quote that verse a lot. It's a phenomenal verse, you know. But it's it's not just a random, hey, God's going to give you this peace that passes all understanding, um, but rather it's this idea of fixing your mind on the things of the Lord, bringing your requests, your prayers, your needs, your petitions with thanksgiving to the Lord, knowing, Lord, you're the one who's going to take care of this. My hope is in you. I'm not just kind of throwing up a trivial, you know, prayer because it's the right thing to do. But rather, my hope is in you, and therefore, we trust in you, Christ, and he brings Yeah, verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Nice. Yeah, that's a heavy one. Yeah, I was going to say, n- nice list there. Um, <laughs> at, least, at least in the ESV here, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, mm-hmm. worthy of praise. These are things we're to think on. It's so easy to, to let our minds be focused on things that aren't true, things that are dishonorable, things that are impure, things that are not lovely or not commendable or not excellent. Like, it's easy to let our minds go to those things. And it's funny that if, if our minds are fixated on those things, then it will tend to make us less reasonable and less gracious and yeah. less gentle because we'll just constantly be thinking about how irritating it is that these particular things are going on. And as Paul's talking about trying to 
live in unity with one another and strive by side by side with one another. It's important not not to go back to verse five here, but it's important to recognize that reasonableness or graciousness is absolutely crucial for maintaining community. And if you're, if your mind is constantly thinking about things that are not honorable, not just not true, whatever the thing is on that list, the opposite thing, if you're thinking of, then you're not going to be terribly reasonable. You're not going to be terribly gracious or gentle. And it's going to be difficult for you to live at peace with one another and to strive side by side with somebody. That's so true. That's so true. It is this this passage, verse 8 primarily, is like one of the most convicting, I think, passages yeah. in the New Testament. Just because Paul's saying like, man, it's about what you dwell on. And if there's nothing good in there, don't dwell on it. Hmm. How many things in our lives do we dwell on? Like you're saying, whether it's like, uh, there's a situation with somebody and we're thinking we're just dwelling on what they've done to us or how they've wronged us or what, you know, whatever, or how we would, man, if I just had a chance to, <laughs> to get back in that meeting and then I know what I would say, and we're just dwelling on past situations or we're, or we're just dwelling on junk, you know? Um, I'm not like anti, I'm not like, Hey, throw out your TVs and you yeah. know, whatever. But there is a lot in the world that we just, we, we disengage and we just sit and watch. Uh, whether it's shows, movies, social media, that all those things are all amoral. They can't, you know, it's just like, it's what are you watching with those things or through those things? Um, what what are the thoughts that are beginning to dwell in your mind? Yeah. Colossians 3, 5 says, Therefore put to death what belongs to your earthly nature, like sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. And, and if we're to be putting these things to death, it's hard to be putting something to death when you're then entertaining yourself or uh, by watching it play out on TV or having uh, kind of inappropriate conversations with people at work, you know, and, and there's, but, but these are the things of the world. So these are the things the world's going to be talking about. They're going to be discussing, they're going to be entertaining themselves with. And so we need to be wise in what we uh, fix our minds. Yeah. But, and this is, Paul's just saying, listen, if you want to be unified, if you want to rejoice, if you want to follow Christ, you need to pursue and contend for holiness. Um, and then verse 9, which is, he says, do what you have learned, and do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Hmm. So he's just, he, he's saying like, I'm, I'm not, he, he said that already, chapter, I'm, I'm not con- perfect, I have not arrived. Right? But he's just saying, listen, I'm trying, I'm striving to follow Christ. And here is just a simple model. Like, you, you know my life I, when I was with you. Like, let my model be a guide for you. Um, con- contending for unity. Encouraging one of joy and gracious. Um, and we see, I think in verse, chapter 7, sorry, chapter 3. Verse, yeah, in 17 on chapter, join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live have in us. And I think sometimes we want to discount, we want to discount um, setting a good example, right? So we think, well, people have the scriptures, they have Christ. And it's like, well, that's very, very true. Those things are essential. We are not essential, but we are called to set an example for others to follow. Yeah. So it, it, if we're not setting the example as leaders, whether that's as elders or as husbands to our family, our children, we can't expect them to to see that and then be like, yeah, well, I'm just going to do it anyway, even though the leaders aren't doing it. Now, we know that they still need to be obedient to the scriptures. But we need to be setting, they need an example. We need to be setting examples and helping other 
brothers and sisters, follow Christ. Yeah, and and as we do that, the God of peace will be with you. Yeah, not not just God providing peace, but the God of peace. It's not just hey, you'll you'll have peace from God. No, you'll have the God of peace. He'll be with you. So yeah, any additional comments on this before we wrap it? I think it's just it, Paul ends this kind of section on holiness, and he's getting at the crux of the matter. Like it's not just enough that you guys like are unified. That's great. That's good. You need to rejoice. But there is a holiness that God has called you to, to strive for and to work towards. Um, so yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's a good reminder. Amen. All right, guys, if you want to interact with the episode or interact with us, anything you heard here, head on over to simpletheology.org. You can recommend episodes. You can leave us a voicemail. You can shoot us an email. If you want to hit us up on social media, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can find all the links to that on our website. Again, simpletheology.org. And I'm trying to think.